Hi, welcome to the Mohua Show. My name is Mohua Chinappa and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle but done and spoken imandari se. Hi, in this episode we have with us Aman Singh Maharaj, a South African author of Indian origin. Aman's debut novel A Dalliance with Destiny has received critical acclaim for its compelling narrative and masterful storytelling. The novel takes us on a mystical journey to India where the protagonist embarks on a quest for spiritual enlightenment. Aman is also a columnist and a storyteller who writes on topics of national and political interest for the Indian diaspora. We are thrilled to have Aman with us today to talk about his life, his work and his latest book. Welcome to the show Aman. Can you tell a little bit about your background, your upbringing? How did your family and cultural heritage influence your writing? For most writers we are influenced with a little bit of our past. Tell us a little bit about yours. So, I am a South African Indian of uh depending on which side you look at on my mom's side I'm third generation my nana was born in india and on my dad's side I'm fourth generation i think it was my great grandfather who was uh, born in india uh a lot of indians were deceived by the british raj when they left uh, india actually they were not uh, they didn't leave voluntarily a lot of them were kidnapped a lot of them were lied to that uh it was during the from 1837 up to about 1911 it was under this system called indentureship by the british raj uh which uh, was a kind of slavery but when slavery itself was abolished they took up this kind of system you know our forefathers were promised you know during the droughts in india and uh, when there were high taxes by the british raj that life in south africa mauritius uh Suriname uh British Guyana and Trinidad is much better the streets of South Africa are paved with gold they were very simple village people and they believed it and uh you know uh, voila 160 or 170 years we are here and uh, we grew from 120,000 people to about we now sitting at about 1.4 million Indian people uh in South Africa with 1 million of them based in the city of Durban it's probably the largest concentration of indians in one city outside of india itself with regards to writing um i think what influenced my writing the most was the fact that i read a hell of a lot of books growing up um this is thanks to my mum who took me to the municipal library when i was about 4 years old or 5 years old uh when i couldn't even read and uh, somehow i started to read on my own i don't know how i picked it up and uh without being taught and uh by the time i was about 7 or 8 i was reading you know considerably thick sized novels but ultimately i think you know if you're going to write real literature real literature that comes from deep within the soul that comes from suffering uh if you're writing pulp fiction and commercial literature yes it's totally different than you know uh you writing for the masses but when you writing that real like 19th or 18th century type literature then it comes from a place of probably despair and suffering what inspired you to write a dalliance with destiny and what was the writing process like did it make you delve into some very very hard parts of your soul of your life uh, you know of generational trauma i would love you to talk about that today look it's not an autobiography i deliberately made the character 
physically looked very different, uh, very, uh, you know, opposite to what I am. I made him uneducated. I made him almost guttural. He's a misogynist. I'd like to think I'm not, but, uh, you know, that's for other people to say. So was, I didn't want people to mistake the character for me. He's not a very savory, you know, kind of mills and bone kind of hero. He's very uh, uh, earthy and, you know, I would say not a negative life, but a quest life. So he's not someone that many people can easily identify with until we go later in the novel and we see he's actually quite an intelligent person. It's just that life threw certain circumstances at him and he had to deal with such things. And it made him hate the world. So uh, did I take experiences from my own life? I, I think every writer does. It's impossible not to. But what you do is you try and make it more readable. And so you put it on steroids so that uh, readers themselves, you know, uh, find it more exciting to read. I don't think my life is exciting enough to write a story about, at least not yet. But uh, yes, certainly we do take sort of certain incidents or behaviors, if not from ourselves, but then from the people around us and we put it into the novels. The novel spans a century and is set in both South Africa and India. Talk a little bit about the research that went into creating, you know, the historical and cultural backdrop of the story. That must have been a hell of a lot of work. Honestly, uh, because I've been to India so many times, I first went back in 1982 when I was seven years old to India. Uh, I'd sort of, and I've been about 18 times to India. I've probably traveled more of a length and breadth of India than the average citizen themselves. Because, you know, when a tourist visits a country, they tend to go more, they tend to visit more of the states themselves. So my knowledge of India is pretty expansive. And then so in terms of South Africa, there was not much research to do because I grew up here. So a lot of the sites and surroundings and the settings came from my memory. And uh, like I said, with me having gone there so many times, I think the only places I haven't gone to are the far northeastern uh, states like Mizoram and uh, Nagaland and so forth. So I have a pretty good understanding of India. So if you can call my travels research, then yes, uh, my travels have been the what sort of uh, I used as my backdrop but it was not deliberately done it all came together almost accidentally into a novel you just mentioned about your protagonist and you said he's very earthy and not really likable till you go to the end of the story so the protagonist of your novel is a man in his 30s and he's struggling to find his place in a changing world you know so how did you approach the character development and did you face any challenges while you were portraying his journey you know when I, I first wrote the draft of the novel back in 2006 he was actually a very, he was actually a Mills and Bone kind of hero. He was very lovable. He was this dashing kind of romantic figure that, you know, women would just go weak in the knees for. And when I read it for the first time, I got very irritated at myself when I read the first draft. I said, no, this is just, this is not exciting enough for me. It's too, uh, you know, if I'm going to write a Mills and Bone kind of story, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in my mind in terms of literature. It's just too commercial. So I had to tap deep into myself and, you know, I, I wouldn't say I have many negative traits, but whatever negative traits came out, I just sort of uh, amplified it and I poured it into the character. So there are certain bits of me in the main in the character himself, the archetype, but they are definitely being exaggerated to give it literally a feel. 
was it a difficult process? I think there were times, yes, I, the challenge for me was how will society accept this? Even though we are living in a kind of a Western society in South Africa, uh, we're still Indians at the end of the day, and uh, we are a lot more conservative than the other communities. So I was very nervous as to how it would be accepted. So that was the challenge. But writing about the character itself was not the challenge. It was the fear of the reprisal from uh, society about me writing a kind of a book like this and about such a character. How would they accept it? And would they judge me on it? But so far, it's been fine. There have been a few people, you know, who've questioned how could I write such a raunchy book. But, you know, you're not going to, they say the, the tallest, I mean, the trees with the most kind of fruit uh, have the most stones thrown at it. So I take it on square on my chin. You can't write a novel and expect people not to respond. And even a negative response is a 59. Your dalliance with Destiny has received critical acclaim for its compelling narrative and, you know, the masterful storytelling that you've done. So, you know, there are a lot of our listeners who may be wanting to embark on the writing journey. And um, can you share a little bit about the writing style and the themes that you've explored in your work? I believe if you're going to become a writer, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right now, uh, compared to the 18th century, where writing was the only form of entertainment. In the 21st century, there are so many other competing forms of entertainment. And in the last five years alone, with the advent of Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime and all these streaming channels, I can guarantee you, certainly in South Africa, the number of readership has dwindled. I think in India, there's still a big demand for reading, but in South Africa, it's definitely gone down. So I'm saying, don't count on writing being your life level, have a parallel career. At the same time, I don't believe anyone can just be a writer. I think we all have our unique talents that we are born with. And I believe this is my talent that was given to me. Whether it's a carryover from a previous life, I, you know, it's hard for me to say. Uh, it means going into esoteric sort of uh, discussion. But I believe everyone has, uh, you know, in Sanskrit, we call it a swatharma, which is that which is intrinsic to you. You know, somebody may have been born as a unique uh, sportsman or somebody may be a pianist or so forth. At the end of the day, you have something and you just got to do the introspection to find what it is. And uh, it just so happened, my mom gave me the kind of environment for me to flourish by having, and providing me with access to many books that I was able to find out what my Swadharma was. The experiences of the Indian diaspora, you know, in South Africa, which you're writing, uh, you know, does describe. Can you talk about the challenges and opportunities of writing about this community? I mean, are there lots of stories that you think still needs to be retold or they've not been heard? And what sort of an impact do you think that your work will have? you know, on the readers. I think herein comes my criticism of Indian society. I'm talking about India. In India as a subcontinent itself, there's a huge sort of uh, colonialist hangover where I find that many middle-class Indians believe they have not made it in life unless they move to the USA, UK, or Canada. And I always say, you know, uh, labor is very cheap. I'm talking about domestic help. So the middle class is able to afford maybe a driver or a, uh, a, a few servants to clean the home or a cook or a chef and so forth. If you move to the UK, 
even as middle class or upper middle class, you are cleaning your own toilet. You are moving from maybe a house in Delhi in a nice suburb to these uh, small brown story homes, uh, brown sorry, brownstone homes in England, which are not very really attractive to look at. And you will work equivalent to maybe a lower uh, classes in India. Not that I'm judging the lower classes. I'm saying you'll have to put in that effort in terms of running a home. So, you know, it's about this kind of mindset that I had to go challenge because whenever I went to India and I said, listen, I'm from South Africa, they don't see South Africa as a country. They see Africa as a country. So the moment you say South Africa, they respond, oh, Africa, you know, like it's something so exotic. And uh, suddenly, you know, Africa just becomes one big giant country and you can literally see it in their eyes. They're picturing huts and lions running around and, you know, that we're a bit of a backward uh, country. Uh, there are a few of them who obviously, you know, uh, when the cricket, when South Africa joined the cricket uh, fraternity post-1994, when we entered the democratic era, to know that South Africa is quite developed. But at the same time, the vast majority of Indians in India still think of South Africa or Africa as being very backward. And it was this, with this kind of mindset that I sort of had driving at the back of my head when I wrote the novel that I need to convince India than India, if the book reaches those shores, that there's a lot more to South African Indians than the fact that they left as almost pariahs in the 1800s. Because uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of classism. I'm not saying casteism, I'm talking about classism in India still. And, you know, that sort of desire, like I said, seems to direct itself purely towards the Western countries like the USA, Canada, and US and uh, UK. And I hope, you know, my novel plays a small part in making people aware that, uh, you know, that's uh, these Western countries are nothing holy grail that they think it is. And if you look at India itself, you know, as a developing nation, I believe it's jumping leaps and bounds ahead of many other Western countries evermore. You know, with your book, A Dalliance with Destiny, you know, you have uh, really delved into universal themes of identity and belonging, like you just said right now, that, you know, you're trying to help people understand that it isn't really, uh, you know, all rosy and uh, beautiful once you leave the country and you go out, which uh, most Indian youth think that it's going to be different when they leave the country. So what would be those three things that you'd like the readers uh, to take away from the author himself? So there are a couple of themes and there are a couple of sub-themes. So I'm not going to go through all of them. I mean, it's quite a complex book. It's not easy reading. It's... Uh, it, it's a novel that requires a fair amount of reflection. So the first theme is about, you know, uh, finding oneself. And, uh, you know, when I speak about finding oneself, immediately, you know, a lot of people start thinking about eat, pray, love. And I think it's a lot more complex than that. So if you think of eat, pray, love, uh, the story or the film on steroids, this is what A Dalliance of Destiny is all about. It's about finding yourself and although the cliche is about moving to or going to India, you know, whenever someone wants to find themselves, they run away to India to an ashram to find themselves. And, you know, when it becomes that cliched, uh, you know, a more intelligent reader will say, you know what, this plot has been done to death. But if you go into the nitty gritty of the novel itself, you'll see the way it's done is not cliched at all. 
So uh, that being the first one about finding your path in life, I think the second one is about dislocation. It's about, you know, uh, what do we call home? Is my home South Africa, where I've been, where I've stayed for nearly 50 years uh, as a citizen? Or is my home in India where my cultural sort of uh, backdrop is from, my mother country, which would then go back more than 100 or 120 years, depending on which side of my family you look at. So uh, it's about that dislocation and finding out your identity within that dislocation and whether it's even possible to find your identity. It's very difficult to say, you know, uh, just by introspection alone. Sometimes it takes experience and, you know, life experiences that may happen, you know, not just over days or uh, months or years. It can be decades. And even then you will not find the answer. I think the third theme that we, you know, uh, comes out, uh, you know, in my mind is about the redemption of a so-called negative character. Could a person redeem themselves in the eyes of a reader as they move along. It's a 400-page book. So there's plenty of space for the reader to go from hating the character to almost embracing him and understanding him that he is a product of his past and, uh, you know, all his life experiences. And this is what it made him into. And we don't have to judge him for what he had to go through, but we can surely understand why he became what he became. What advice do you have for aspiring writers and how have you navigated the publishing industry? The main thing is what I spoke about earlier. Make sure you have a parallel career because writing for most writers does not pay the bills. It's a passion. It's something that you might have to pour money into because you have to put money into marketing, into distribution. Even if you have your own commercial publisher, which I have, it still costs you to start going to the literature festivals and uh, going to the uh, uh, book, doing the book launches and so forth. So unless your book has done really well, uh, like a Harry Potter or something, don't expect your book to be a bunny spinner. You do it from the point of view of, of a passion. So have that parallel career, have that education that ensures that you have uh, a salary coming in. I think be aware that you have to be tenacious before you get published. I think I went through about five or six different publishers in South Africa. A lot of them accepted me, but they wanted to cut out a lot of the sort of uh, polemic or controversial stuff. And I'm totally anti-censorship. But a lot of my people I know were rejected by all the South African publishers and they tried overseas as well. Eventually, they gave up on that after about five or six years of trying. And they eventually tried out with, uh, they went the self-publishing route, which, you know, a lot of the writers are doing these days. Uh, so there's no judgment there. But if you're going the self-publishing route, that's a very costly exercise, not just about the publishing, but the distribution as well. So you got to think very carefully about it before you uh, embark upon this process. At the same time, you know, enjoy the process. You'll find different emotions coming out of you as you write because you're tapping not just into your own experiences, you're tapping into your own psyche as well. Because a lot of you will go, a lot of you itself will go into the characters. Maybe not exactly the same, but it definitely will go into it. So just enjoy the process but don't have high expectations. Can you tell us about your upcoming projects and what you're working on and what can your readers expect from your future work? 
I really thought I'm going to be a one-hit wonder. I, you know, I thought I'm going to write one book and this is going to be my magnum opus and then I'm going to do articles and, uh, you know, newspaper columns and so forth. But I am getting, there, there were many people who actually loved the book or who have become fans. And I say this in the most uh, non-egotistical way possible. And they're insisting that I must write another one. Uh, it's it's a time-consuming process, not just in the writing itself, but the editing process is more time-consuming than writing it. So I think if somebody twists my arm well, just a little bit more, I'm going to probably end up writing my second novel. And most likely it'll be set in India. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I still identify myself as Indian before I identify myself as South African. So, And I probably have a better understanding of India than I have of South Africa, despite being a citizen of South Africa. It will be set in India and uh, I just need to apply myself, uh, my mind as to what kind of plot I'm going to look at. But there are a few thoughts in my head running around in my head. We would be waiting with bated breath for your next book. And this was Aman Singh Maharaj, a South African author of Indian origin with his debut novel, Italians with Destiny. Thank you so much, Aman, for being on today's podcast. And we look forward to more work from you. Thank you so much for your time, Mohua. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to listening to the podcast. To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, on all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are The Mohua Show, where we talk imandari se.